You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Let's, uh, let's go to James chapter 5. We are continuing with our series on advance as we are on um, Vision Builders Month. And I just believe, I was telling Pastor Drew, I am so excited for tonight because I believe that that. I had a moment with God where I had a download from heaven that it was for me, and I know it's going to be for you. So I hope you're expecting it tonight. It's going to be good. So James chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. We have it up on the sky. Hey, how many of you love the new setup for the screens? Aren't they so cool? Give it up for Josiah and the team, Jose. That's incredible. Love it. But if we have James chapter 5, do we? 5, verse 16. There we go. Okay. So... Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. So tonight's going to be about confessing, all right? So you want to go ahead and start? Just kidding. Okay. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah, everybody say Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now, when you read that type of a scripture, it's, it's like what we live for, right? Like, it's like, okay, I read that, and I'm saying, okay, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So what that's telling me, that if I pray fervently, what's going to happen? I'm going to see major results, right? Then he goes on to say, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and, and he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it rained. I'm like, man, I'm into that. I'm into that kind of power. Like, I, I, I want to pray like that, so if I pray fervently, I'm going to get those kinds of results. Can I hear an amen? amen. Kind of. Um, James was written to the Jewish believers, so what that means is that as James is, is, is writing his letter and, and he's, 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 he has an agenda from, from heaven, from the Holy Spirit, he's under the influence, Rudy, uh, James, and, and he's writing the epistle and he says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We're on the same page. I want that. And then he main, mentions Elijah. Everybody say Elijah. The moment he mentions Elijah, the Jewish believers knew the Bible. They knew the Torah. So Elijah gave them context. It'd be like me saying right now, if the topic tonight was about speaking up and standing up for your rights, and all of a sudden, during my speech, I mentioned Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It gave you context. And you'd understand, okay, I know where he's going. I know where he's coming from. I know where he stands. So in the same way, when James is writing his letter, he mentions Elijah, the Jews all of a sudden get this massive, incredible picture of, of, of what the previous verse meant. Are you with me? It's, it's like, okay, I see what Elijah, all that Elijah went through, which led him to this pivotal moment where he prayed for rain, and it rained. How many of you know that rain is, uh, is, uh, is, is a, uh, a, sy a symbol of a blessing? It's almost, it's a symbol, symbolic of the Spirit of God being poured out from heaven and, and reaching all of us. Are you with me? So the Jews see this. They're like, okay, I, I'm, I'm tracking with you now. I want us to read this iconic moment. 
in, uh, in the life of Elijah in 1 Kings chapters 18. Are you with me tonight? Come on, I say, can we jump right into it? Is that cool? All right, let's do this. 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46 reads, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Ahab was the king at the time, he was not a righteous man. He says, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Now we live for, this, for these moments. I, I live for, for the moments where I can get a vision from God, I can get a dream from God, or I can get a prophecy, a prophetic word, or I'm reading in my Bible in my room or in my office, and, and God just speaks to me. And, 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 and as he speaks to me, then I, I, wanna, I, I hear the sound of what he's saying, and I see it as almost like an impression in my heart, and I know what God is going to do. I live for those moments, right? It's what we see here in 1 Kings. And he says, for there's the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. He bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees, a posture of deep prayer, and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. I just, go again. He said, go again. I just feel that for someone tonight, that the Holy Spirit is saying to some of you tonight, go again. It's almost like you've heard from the Holy Spirit to try this thing. I don't know what that is, but, but you've tried it and it didn't happen. But the Holy Spirit is saying, go again. Because the servant went seven times, watch this, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Again, so, so, so we, 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 we live for these moments where, where we, we feel like God speaks to us and, and we pray. And, 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 then, and then sometimes we wonder though, like why, why, is, why are things not happening in my life? And, and what, what the Jews understood that sometimes we don't realize is that the moment Elijah declared a drought on the land, from the moment Elijah declared a drought on the land to the moment that he prayed for rain and it rained, it took three and a half years. So there was, there was, there was a, a process. And, and we, we, we live for the moments of the promise. We all love a good promise from God. And the Bible is full of them. But let's not forsake the process. Because God works in the process. There are some things that God wants to work in us and through us in the process. In fact, tonight's message is entitled, In Process. Touch your neighbor and tell them, In Process. T touch your other neighbor and tell them, I'm in process. I'm in process. Or if you're of a particular uh, uh, background, you can say, En Proceso. Okay, En Proceso. Let's see that accent. Drew, that was amazing. Marco Contreras. That was so good. Come on. That was good. In process. So when we realize that for every promise, there's a process. And a process can't be rushed. 
Because nobody likes, nobody likes to wait for things. Nobody likes in process. Like nobody likes to, like, yeah, I'm in process. Woo-hoo, you know? That's not a thing. Like, do you like waiting for things? I don't. But then when, when, when we realize that, that the process, more than a process, is a preparation. It's, it's a preparation for what's to come. It's a preparation for, for, for what God has for us. Then it's like, okay, bring it on. I, like, I'm okay with this. Like, let's, let's do this. Now, I, I've asked you right now, just a few moments ago, if you like to wait for things. You said, no, I don't like to wait for things either. In fact, a few months ago, uh, I began to experience uh, some sort of like pain on my, neck, on my neck when I would swallow things. Like, mm. I'd drink water and I'd feel weird on my neck and but it wasn't like a throat thing or like a cold. So I just, I just let it go. I never go to the doctor. I never, I think the last time I went was like 10 years ago. Don't judge me. I know you're supposed to go every year, get a checkup. I just, I'm like, I'm always, I'm fine, I'm fine. So, so I just let it go until I, I said, babe, this is bothering me. Like it's been months now. Like what's going on? She's like, we got to go to the doctor. I said, no, nah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Finally, she said, if there's something wrong, like we might as well like know now so we can like work on it. I said, okay, let's go. So we go to the doctor, and I sit down, and I'm at the doctor's office, and I didn't even know who to call. Like, I don't have a doctor. Like, like you call Sharp, and it's like, who's your, uh, what's the word, Prim- who's your primary care, whatever. I said, uh, what does that mean? Like, I grew up in Mexico, you know, like, well, yeah, like, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Then Natalie had to translate for me. Um, she speaks accent, so, so. So I'm like, I don't have one. They're like, you have to pick. So they gave me a bunch of names. I said, Pelayo. I said, sure, Pelayo sounds good to me. So let's go with Pelayo. So I go and sit down with him. And, uh, and I'm there at his, at his office. And, and he says, well, I give him my symptoms. And a very professional, very respectful man. And uh, he says, well, turn to the side. So I, I, I turn to one side. He says, turn to the other one. I turn to the other side. He says, well, it looks like you have something in there. I said, excuse me, can you define what that means, like something in there? Like, do I have a snake in there? Like, what, like what, what's going on, right? So he says, well, it could be this, it could be that. But you know what? We're going to order a CAT scan for you just to make sure that you're okay. Like, see what's going on. So I left not feeling like it was the most comforting appointment I've ever had. So I'm like, whatever, I'll be fine. I've always been fine. I'll be fine. So a few weeks later, uh, the, they never called for the CAT scan and then happened to see another doctor. So I wanted another, another opinion, right? Like, let's, let's see what she says. So I give, him, give her my symptoms. She goes, well, turn to the side. I turn to the side. Turn to the other side. She says, it looks like you have something in there. I said, can you define what something in there means? I just heard that like a few weeks ago. She says, well, I, I don't know. It could be this. It could be that. So at that point, I started to freak out. Anybody who's been there before where you freak out about what you hear? So I said, you know, I called some of my friends. said, you know what? It's been a good run. Like, you know, it's, it's <laughs> love you all. <laughs> Both two doctors said, look to the side, look to the other side. Like, looks like there's something in there. So, so, mm. so I, what I, <laughs> I didn't know that God had, had me in process. I was in process, and it's not comforting to be in process. But there are some things that God wants to work in us and through us. Sometimes God wants to expose things in us while we're in process. So I, um, I, I, I just, I don't know how I got through that, those two weeks. I was going to freak out a little bit. But then, you know, I just, I've known God has always shown up in my life. And 
my prayer was, God, I trust you, and I know you have my best interest in mind. And I just kept repeating that over and over again, and I felt the peace of God, so I was fine. And a few weeks later, Natalie was checking the thing online, uh, like every day, and it said, in process, in process, in process. And I'm just wondering how many of us tonight find ourselves in, in, a, in, in that type of a moment where you find yourself in process. It, it, it could be different things. It could be because God, remember, God, the Bible is full of promises. A promise could be a vision from God or a dream from God or a prophetic word or, or something that you know God spoke to you. But before we, the promise becomes a manifestation, there's a process to it. And I'm just wondering how many of us tonight find ourselves in process. Because there, are, there could be that God might be trying to work some things in you right now. And it might be that we're missing it. So, so I'm having a meeting. It was a Friday morning, and I kind of forgot about it. And uh, Natalie calls me and said, hey, do you have a minute? I said, I said oh, kind of. She says, no, you have to have a minute. Husbands, how many of you know that when your wife tells you, you kind of have to have a minute, like you, you have to, right? Like, yeah. I said, give me a moment. I don't want to get in trouble later. So, so what's going on, babe? She's like, well, your results came back, and they say, congratulations. Uh, they came back negative. There's nothing wrong with you. We'll see you in June or whatever. I said, cool. Like, praise the Lord. Like, I'm fine, right? Like, it, the process was, was done. Like, that was great. That was amazing. But it's not always like that. And it's not always like, like a thing that, that, that comes to you like a week later. Sometimes it's a year. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes it's three. Sometimes it's five. Sometimes it's ten years. Sometimes it's longer than that. And, and what I'm trying, what I believe that God is wanting to do with us tonight is to, to show us uh, what, what he does in the process because Elijah had to go through a process. Let's look at the text. So we, we read where Elijah said that he tells Ahab, hey, I hear the sound of abundance. However, that was three and a half years before he declared the drought. Now, there was a moment where, where while he's in the process, it wasn't an easy life. Like, like he goes to King Ahab actually in 1 Kings 17 and he tells him, hey, uh, there's not going to be any rain uh, until my word. And then the, the Lord tells Elijah to go hide, and he goes and hides. How many of you would like to live a life of hiding? Nobody, right? I wouldn't. So he's in process, and, and, uh, and, and the, Bible, the Bible tells us that he stays at the house of this widow. And he's, as he's in this house, the, the widow comes to him, and he says, Hey, what calamity have you brought on me that my son has died? So Elijah goes up. He's, she, he says, give me the son. I'm going to take him up to the, to the upper room. Hello, the upper room. And he goes and he has business with God. Now watch me. There are some things that God wants to teach us, but it only happens in process. It doesn't happen. This didn't happen. What God's about to teach Elijah, it didn't happen at the highest peak of his ministry or at the highest peak of his success. No, it happened in process. Are you with me? So he goes to the upper room and he begins to have business with God. What I believe that God was doing in the life of Elijah, God was beginning to teach Elijah this, the, the, how he operates, how God operates in the realm of relationship. Now watch me. Up until then, 
only we, we the only things we see from God from God and Elijah is God speaking to Elijah now we see Elijah speaking up to God Elijah speaking up to God and they have this relationship again it didn't happen at the highest peak of his ministry or his life and success it happened in process are you with me so God teaches Elijah how to pray and how to relate to God in process. So the Bible says that, that it's almost like Elijah had a wrestling with God. He began to dialogue with God. He says, God, how is it that you bring this calamity upon this lady whom I'm staying with that her son has now died? And the Bible says that God, the Lord, heard the voice of Elijah and revived the soul of the little boy. It happened in process it happened in process now what would have happened if Elijah rushed the process and he kind of just went away my question to you is what do we miss if we try to rush the process that God maybe has us in us in, in, in right now now I remember I think one of the greatest the greatest move of God's in, in, in my life has been God delivering us out of poverty and poverty is not so much a number but a mindset is this state of living in lack of like like i'm never going to make it or like is this ever going to change and, and you begin to live in this cycle i don't know if, if you find yourself there you've ever gone through that but it was one of the greatest the greatest move of gods that i've seen in my life how he broke that in me it didn't happen at the moment of highest success in my life it happened in process i remember i think i told you the story before i was uh, I, I went with a bunch of friends to payway after church and we're in line and i realized that i can't afford an eight dollar meal and it's not like i'm single i have a wife and a kid and i can't afford to pay for for pad thai my favorite payway dish and uh, so I just walked away and I'm like, you know, I just, I will skip and I don't know if you've ever been there before. I'll skip it tonight and, uh, and I'll just, uh, you know, find some cereal or whatever at home, whatever we have. And, uh, but I'm hanging out with my friends and I just, I just, I just had it. I'm like, what is this? Like, this is dumb. What am I doing? So I walked away and, and, and a friend of mine was like, oh, you're going to leave? Like, you're too cool for us? And I just went and had it. Rudy had a moment where the Holy Spirit spoke to him and he didn't like let everything out. I did not have that moment. I said, I said, bro, if you only knew what I was going through and I just walked away. As I'm walking away, I, I, I just had a moment with God where, where I, was, I was in process. I was in process. I was in process. And, and I had a moment with God where God taught me what it was like to dialogue with God. And I remember having this moment saying, God, why is it that I'm your servant and I'm poor? This is not right. What is happening? And, and I had, it's almost like this wrestling with God. I, have you ever been there before where you have this wrestling with God? And it's like, I will not let you go, God, until you bless me. Right? That only happens in process. In process. It doesn't happen at your moment of highest success. It happens in 
process. So I'm, I'm crying out to God. I said, God, this is not right. And I have this picture of, of my wife and my son. And we have to look for change in our couch and our kitchen because we can't afford to buy food. And like, God, you've given me promises. People tell me I'm going to prosper. But I don't see it. Like, this is not right. And that moment, I, I just felt this breakthrough come into my heart where I felt the peace of God just, just fill my heart. And, and I, I knew that God was with me, and, and I knew that everything would be okay. It's almost like what happened to Elijah, like God revived my soul. You know what happens when you wrestle with God and, and when you have this moment in process where you wrestle with God and you pray with God, it's almost like he revives your soul and awakens you to, to who you really are to who you truly are, to, to the promises and the visions and the dreams. And, and you begin to see yourself the way God sees yourself, no longer in your natural circumstance, but in the heavenly circumstance that God has for you. Are you with me tonight? So I knew everything would be okay because I had that moment with God. My question to you tonight is, if you're in process, how have you dealt with it? Have you gone to God? The easiest thing is to go to our neighbor or to our moms or to our closest friend and we just begin to tell them everything we're going through. Listen to me, that's part of that is healthy, okay? But the healthiest thing and the best thing we can do is to go to God and have this moment with God where you wrestle with God and you learn this dialogue, this how God operates in relationship. I had, in process, God works things in us and it teaches us how to pray how to wrestle with them what else miracles happen in process watch this and uh, uh, had a, we have some friends incredibly beautiful nigerian family um that um they were trying to get pregnant and uh one one year went by and nothing two years and, and three years nothing five years um, six, seven, eight years, ten years. Nothing happened. Now, when you're hoping for something for so long, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. It, it's, it's, it's really difficult. I could never, I've never gone through anything like that, so I could never relate. All I know is what they've told me and what I've seen. And they had these moments with God where they would pray and, and they were full of faith. And, but they were still waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing happened. In process. In process. So they, they, they get counsel and then they just feel from God, you know what, why don't we just, let's, maybe the will of God for us is to adopt. So they went to Ethiopia. That's what they felt from God. They went to Ethiopia and they, they, they um, ended up, the process took like two years. The process took like two years. And, and like two years later, um, this beautiful Ethiopian little girl came to them. Her name was Ellie. And uh, they were just so happy. They called it their miracle. Like it was, it was the best thing that ever happened to them. Well, there are some things that happen in process, right? Like miracles. But God wasn't done. That same year, they finally get pregnant with twins. 
after 10 years of trying and nothing. But there are some things that God wants to work in us and through us in process. Are you with me? It's in process. A year later or two, they got the, the Spanish, we call it el, el, el pichon. No, el, 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 ¿cómo se dice? El pilon. El pilon, they got another baby. So I have a picture. Do we have a picture of them? Can we just show it? It's just this beautiful picture. True story. Ellie over here came from Ethiopia. And uh, it was their miracle. But God had a purpose for the process. There's a purpose for the process. Whatever process you're going through, there's a purpose for it. It might be that God is trying to teach us how to pray. It might be that God has a miracle for us in the process, but there's something for us in the process. Are you with me? And we never want to rush the process. Watch what the, what the process, uh, you can leave that because they're so beautiful. Let's just leave it up on there. What, what is the process, definition for process? Here we go. It reads, um, a progress advance in the process of time something going on a natural phenomenon marked by gradual changes that lead toward the particular result a natural phenomenon marked by gradual changes that lead toward a particular result it's almost like like we're a caterpillar and, and as we go through this process, we, we always find ourselves in our journey of life in process. And God begins to, to literally transform who we are until we become this beautiful butterfly. Are you with me? What else happens in process? Uh, Elijah leaves and, and revives the, the little boy. And, and God, you know, he learns how to pray. He, he learns his dialogue from God. First mm. Kings chapter 18 God tells Elijah, hey, I want you to go see King Ahab. Now, that was not good news. King Ahab actually wanted to kill Elijah. King Ahab sent everywhere to look for Elijah, but Elijah was hiding. God had a place. He was, he was hidden. A lot of times when we find ourselves hidden or like we're hiding or like, like we're like being, not being noticed is because God has us in process. But what we got to understand is that process is not so much a demotion, but it's really a promotion. Because it means that God has something bigger for us. Are you with me tonight? It means that God is preparing us for something greater, something bigger that we cannot see with our natural eyes, but God can see with the spiritual eyes, right? So God tells Elijah, hey, I want you to go see King Ahab. The Bible says Elijah just went. He had already rebuilt his relationship, so he's going to be good. So, so he, he goes and he sees King Ahab, and, and all he sees is, is about four uh, hundreds of prophets of Baal, these false prophets. Everybody say false prophets. And then he has a showdown with the prophets. Remember the story. He says, okay, how about you put up a bull on your altar, and I put up my offering on my altar you pray to your God I pray to my God and we'll see who responds so Elijah Elijah just just begins to wait and says you guys go first so they begin to try to 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 they do their things that they're chanting and they actually do start doing a kind of a bunch of weird things like like they cut themselves and and all these like uh, uh, really uh, interesting and uh, um, things that were not of God. So, so then Elijah just looks at him and he starts to mock him. That was probably not the wisest thing to do given that everybody wanted to kill him. But, but then he waits. And then he says, okay, my turn. And then he prays to God. 
they already had that relationship and, and, and God, he prays to God and God just sends fire from heaven and consumes the bull on the altar. The moment that happened, the nation of Israel that were all around began to chant and say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. So in that moment, repentance took place in the heart of the nation of Israel. Right after that, the Bible says that Elijah heard the sound of abundance of rain, which makes me wonder if sometimes we don't hear the sound of abundance of rain because God is wanting to work some things in our hearts. He's wanting to remove maybe sin from our hearts. So he's wanting to uh, deal with, uh, for us to deal with, have a, a moment of repentance with God. And as the nation of Israel repent and they say, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Then God reveals to Elijah, I hear the sound of abundance, of rain. I had a moment with God where I'm like, you know what? I don't want anything to stand between me and God. I want everything that God has for me. I want everything, the purpose, the calling, the destiny. So God, if there's anything I need to repent from, God, I do it now in Jesus' name. I don't want anything to hinder me. This, this year for Natalie and I has actually been a year of process. Um, we we realized that the last three years, about April-ish, May, I've been hitting a wall, like just a funky wall, like fatigue or almost a little depression. And, and Natalie's so wise, she sat me down and she said, hey, um, okay, like let's have an honest conversation. And um, you can go ahead, man, just so we can sound a little more better, a little more better. She said, hey, let's, let's, have a, um, let's have an honest conversation. I, I see some things that keep coming up. And I'm starting to see patterns. Um, and, like, I know that's not who you are. So, remember, I was in process. And there are some things that God wants to do with us while we're in process. Just like he exposed the prophets of Baal. He wants to expose things in us. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. When you, when you feel like things come up, it's God wanting to work in us. And God wanting to work through us. And want, God wanting to uproot deep issues of the heart in process. So he can accomplish what he wants to do with us. So she said, you know, I, I feel like you're getting a little snappy. Uh, a little too stressed out, like there's no margin on your life. Um, uh, you're like extremely frustrated all the time. Mm. But can I get real with you tonight? Because we're fresh, again, real and powerful. It had been about a week where, or two weeks, about two weeks. I told uh, my closest friend, it's almost like I'm the sculpture. And God sent my wife to just like, oh, okay, hold on, let me chip at it. <laughs> so, so, you know, I kind of, I didn't have the best discernment. I said, you know what, can I just not hear it for one day? Like, just one day where 
I don't want to hear what's wrong with me. Just one day. Just one day. I know you've never had those moments, ever, ever. But I have. So, but then the Holy Spirit checked me. And somehow he humbled me. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, just listen to your wife. So I said, okay, tell me. She said, I see a spirit of control in you. Um, and she just began to describe and name all the areas. I said, you're right. I have that. She said, where God is taking us and what God wants to do with us, we cannot bring that. I didn't realize that I was in process, but process is just preparation for the promise. And God, I, I sense so deeply in my heart that so many of us have been in process. And it's almost like, like God is trying to get our attention. But if we're not careful, we, we just like I wanted to just say, can I just not hear it for one day? But what happens is that our conscience gets seared and then we stop hearing it. So I said, just tell me, tell me more. And then the Holy Spirit started revealing to me, you know what? Actually, I've been noticing things from my childhood that have keep coming up that I didn't know they were there. Like the spirit of inferiority that I have and the spirit of rejection I've been dealing with and, and all these things that I didn't know they were there. She said, well, let's, you know what? Let's break them off. So she went and got a little bit of wine got some bread and we had communion right there in our bedroom it was one of the most powerful moments I've had in my life to this day because I felt so much lighter like like God was dealing with my heart things were being exposed and God was just like but it happened in process in process and I feel the Holy Spirit just speaking to so many of us tonight knocking on the doors of our hearts saying you are in process and I'm trying to work with you because I love you and I care about you and what I have for you it's so much bigger and greater in process in process fast forward to we can put, put it up on the screen, 1 Kings 18, 40, 41, where we have the iconic moment. Let me just say this. If you want all that God has for you, if I want all that God has for me, if we want all that God has for us, we must come to a place of repentance where the state of our heart is that state of repentance and complete surrender towards God. I love that, that song, to worship you I live because this is what I want the state of my heart to be. To worship you I live, everything within me. If we want all that God has for us, there is no substitutes and there is no secret formulas and there is no shortcuts. It is a life of complete surrender. But I got good news for you. 
the moment that we surrender to God and we yield to the process of God, the promises of God begin to show up. It's undeniable. You cannot help it. It's like a secret formula that God worked out. Surrender and repentance equals the blessing. And we see it in Elijah and you'll see it in your life. The moment the heart of Israel repented, is Elijah heard the sound of abundance. And the rain began to drop. Watch this. Go up, eat and drink, for there's the sound of abundance of rain. Now let's keep going. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So it's clear and evident that Elijah bowed down to pray and asked God. But, but, but it, the, this prayer, what I want to bring your attention to is that I believe because if you read all the story of Elijah, he went on this journey where God was dealing with him and showing him about prayer and dialogue and relationship. I believe this is not a normal prayer. I believe this is a prayer of authority, more like an activating kind of prayer. And this is what I believe. I, I believe that Elijah went to the Mount, Mount Carmel and he said, God, I heard the sound. You spoke it to me. I think it's time. And he prayed seven times and the cloud began to rise. And this is what I, as we see this and the rain came, right? This, this is what, what I was sensing in my heart so deeply. I wonder if there are so many, there are other things just like, like God delegated this, this authority upon Elijah. If there are other things that God has delegated upon us, but we're waiting on God to activate when it's really up to us to activate the blessing of God in our lives. Watch me. Ephesians chapter 5 I'm sorry chapter 1 I want to read two verses Ephesians chapter 1 16 watch this 1 16 do not this is Paul speaking do not cease I do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know, everybody say may know, what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Inheritance is a language of taking. It's not, it's something that's given to you but you got to take it. So in other words, we all have an inheritance from God. Something that God has already been given to us, has given to us. And it's up to us to activate that. For example, taking dominion over sin. It's not up to God, it's up to us to take dominion over sin. Different types of addictions and different times, and I understand there's all kinds of therapy, I'm all for it. But I believe that God has given, as the Bible says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I wonder, in the area of prosperity, in the area of our marriages, in the area of our own selves, how many times are we looking up to God when God has already said, I've already given it to you. Walk in the authority I've given to you. There's power in you. There's strength in you. There's courage in you. Come on. You're unstoppable. There's nothing too hard for God. Come on. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. There is greatness on the inside of you. Your destiny is great in God. The riches of God. Come on. We're about to be done. I, uh, I had an addiction to sugar my whole life. 
And then God, God began to speak to me about deliverance. And I just went through it with my wife. I got delivered. I delivered myself, right? So I hear about this thing that I might have a thing here, I might have a thing there. I'm like, you know what, enough of that. I don't want any of the things. So I just, in a moment with God, I said, I break contract with sugar in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare the blood of Jesus over me, my desires God make me, the thought of sugar, let it be like puking, like bleh, to me. It's been about a month. Sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Come on, somebody. You want more? I was addicted to pornography my whole childhood, teenage years, 19, 20 years old. God was flirting with me. I wasn't a full Christian yet. But somebody told me what you're doing is not good. I made, the principles of God are undeniable. I made a decision. I'm done. It's been 15 years. Elijah got on his knees and began to activate the blessing of God. I hear God calling us to get on our knees and activate the blessing of God in our lives, in the lives of our families, in the lives of our community, in our businesses, come on somebody, in our marriages, in our own selves. Sin lies at the door, but you must rule over it. Are you with me? It's a new day. We're about to be done. Vision builders. Vision builders. God spoke to us last year. I tell you, it is the greatest tool that God has used in my life personally to put me in process, expose things, transform me, and prepare me to the next level. There's nothing else. I, I, just, I, I wish I could sugarcoat it for you. There's nothing else. Why? Finances is what we hold dearest to our heart. That's just how it works. Natalie and I are sitting right there last year and God speaks to us to give a ton of money. Like more than I ever knew. Like I never ever made that years ago. And, and we said, all right, God, seems like a lot. I kind of had a plan. Like maybe I could save hopefully monthly and little did I know my plans just because God had a purpose for the process and the process is just preparation for what's to come are you with me so it wasn't until we had that communion moment and I had some I broke contract with sugar and I had some freedom happen, even the apprenticeship. We had a moment where we got deliverance and we got prayer for it. It was incredible that my heart got right with God. Like God in a, in a good place, in a place of alignment where, where I had repented. 
and, and I had surrendered everything. I went to, I came to a moment where I said, God, I give you everything, everything that you, everything that is me, I give it to you. To worship you, I live, God. Para adorarte vivo yo. You heard the song, come on, everything that is within me, God, I'm all yours. You can have it all. I felt like a little baby crying out to dad and saying, God, I belong to you, you can have it all. It was after that moment that I began to see the windows of heaven opening over our lives like I hadn't seen ever before. That month, so much money kept coming in. If this offends you, I'm sorry. It was not me, it was God. So much money kept coming in that we were able to fulfill. Our vision bill is about 30% of what we owed. In that month, because God brought my heart to a place of repentance and surrender, I said, God, I'm all yours. All yours. And I'm calling you tonight to come to a place where you say, God, I'm all yours, nothing else. And I feel the Holy Spirit bringing things to your heart right now in your mind of things that you must, you kind of need to repent from or, or break contract with. But you know what? Tonight is your night because God is wanting to prepare you for what's to come. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.